Hi, welcome to Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. Thanks so much for allowing me to uh, be a part of your day today. Let me ask you, are you happy? Do you consider yourself to be overall a pretty happy person? If so, my guess is you're, you really don't think about it too much then. You're just happy. You don't think about what makes you happy or the things you do because you're happy. Now, if you're not a happy person, you might be thinking about that. Well, on this episode, I'm going to share some of the things that are kind of innate in happy people. Whether or not that's what makes them happy or they do the things because they are already happy, I'm not sure. But I'm going to share some qualities of happy people and how to be happy. Also, we go on a quest, another Twinkies quest. Yes, I am rather obsessed with the delectable, delicious, delightful snack cakes, Hostess Twinkies. And maybe on a future episode, I'll fill you in a little bit more about how that came to be. But there is a new Twinkie-flavored product, and I am on a quest to find it. All that is coming up on this episode of Life with Jerry Williams. I've been thinking a good deal lately about happiness. The past couple of weeks, I've been spending some time in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5-7. to That message begins with the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the gentle, and so on. That word blessed that begins each Beatitude can also be translated as happy, fully content, or satisfied. Some time ago, my car broke down. And I could tell it was coming. On the way to work, it started acting up, chugging and puffing like it wasn't getting enough gas, barely wheezing away from a stop sign or up a hill. It got me to work, but I called my son to meet me at the end of the day just in case. Well, sure enough, it wouldn't start. So I called my insurance company to get a tow, joking around a little bit with the lady on the phone and humming while she put me on hold. And Caleb, my son, said, well, you're pretty happy for a guy who's calling for a tow truck. It could be a lot worse, I told him. I could be on the side of the road somewhere running late for work. And not long after that, a co-worker came into my office and sat down. and just sat there. And after a moment, he said, I'm sorry to disturb you. I just had to get out of my office for a few minutes. Trying to make God's people happy is wearing me out. Now, I communicate for a living. And most days I pray, God, use me today, speak through me, and touch the hearts of those who listen. And please... Keep me from speaking without thinking and from saying anything stupid. But in that moment, without much of a thought, I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not your job to make God's people happy. I think that's God's job. Your job is making God happy. Well, my coworker just nodded and sat there for a few seconds more, and then he just got up and walked out. Oh, Lord, I thought, I hope that wasn't the wrong thing to say. Later that day, though, my coworker thanked me for what I'd said. He said it was just what he needed to hear. So, yeah, happiness has been on my mind. I did a little research on what it means to be happy, and sometime back, USA Today published an article titled, Psychologists Now Know What Makes People Happy. The opening paragraph reads, The happiest people surround themselves with family and friends. Don't care about keeping up with the Joneses next door. Lose themselves in daily activities. And, most important, forgive easily. Another source that listed the top 10 things that make people happy seemed to agree with that. 
This source stated family and relationships are the surest way to happiness. Close behind are meaningful work, positive thinking, and the ability to forgive. What does not seem to make people happy? Money, material possessions, intelligence, education, age, gender, or attractiveness. Their top 10 things that make people happy, counting backwards like a countdown, at number 10, watching TV for short-term happiness, number nine, good health, number eight, personal freedom, seven, religion, six, giving to others, five, forgiveness, four, gratitude, three, positive thinking, number two, meaningful work, and the number one thing that makes people happy, family and relationships. Now, what these studies and articles don't say is do these things make us happy or is it that people who are already happy are doing these things because they are happy? Matter of fact, most of them say they're not sure of which is cause and which is effect. So I searched for what God says about happiness in his word, and I kept coming back to Philippians chapter 4. Now, Paul doesn't say in this chapter, here's how to be happy. But he does lay out some of the core components of being truly happy. Some 2,000 years before these psychologists thought they had it all figured out. And he foreshadows some of their conclusions. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge Euodia and I urge Sancti to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement and also the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Paul loved the people of Philippi, and he longed for them to demonstrate love to each other. Maybe he had Psalm 133 in mind as he wrote this section. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Paul wanted the best for this church, and he knew that if there was discord, it would threaten unity and joy, the happiness of the church. So fellowship is an important part of happiness, or as the psychologist might put it, family and relationships. We don't know what the exact problem was between these two women in Philippi, but my guess is that at least one of them needed to forgive the other. And what does forgiveness have to do with happiness? Well, doesn't giving forgiveness lift a huge weight from our shoulders, give us some sense of release and relief and freedom? Paul then encourages us to practice happiness. Happiness is, at least in some instances, to some degree, an emotion. And our emotions can be determined, at least in part, by our actions. We can see this in our own lives and in the lives of others. Some of the best advice I ever received about having a happy marriage was to do romantic things for my wife, even if I didn't feel romantic. You know what? You do romantic things, pretty soon you start feeling romantic. Buy flowers for her in the middle of the week and when you haven't done something stupid. Send her a card through the mail with a stamp and everything when it's not her birthday or anniversary. Likewise, if you do happy things, pretty soon you start feeling happy. It works the other way too. Go ahead, give it a try. Next time you go out to eat, be grumpy with the waitress. Get annoyed with the driver in front of you who doesn't pull away quickly enough when the light turns green. Act grumpy long enough and you're going to start feeling grumpy. So Paul tells us, rejoice in the Lord always. 
Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Those verses are Paul's way of saying, practice happiness. Our perspective also has an impact on whether or not we're happy. Because our hearts and minds are guarded by the peace of God, we have access to his perspective. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Once we start dwelling on these things, we start to see things from an eternal perspective. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Being content is also an aspect or component of happiness, which we learn from Paul. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul's happiness, his contentment, did not depend upon things or circumstances. And really, no one's happiness can depend on those things. Not for long, anyway, because our circumstances can change so easily and are so often beyond our ability to control. Paul depended upon the Lord for his strength, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Paul touches on another part of happiness in the next few verses. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Giving is part of the behavior of happy people. And a large part of why is because giving is pleasing to God, well-pleasing, as Paul puts it. And the final component of happiness that Paul lists here is faith. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. How can we be anything less than happy, regardless of our circumstances, when we realize God will supply all we need? This chapter says a great deal about a great many things. 
as does all of Scripture. When we seek insight on happiness, we learn from Paul that if we want to be truly happy, we need fellowship, we need to give and accept forgiveness, we need to alter our perspective, learn to be content regardless of our circumstances, we need to give and please God, and we must put our faith in God that He is able to supply all we will ever need. Not that long ago, within the last week or so, I got a message from a friend on Facebook, Jim Gallipo. I used to work with him at a radio station in Louisville, Kentucky, one of my dearest friends, and we keep in touch regularly, even though he is a Boston Red Sox fan, the bum. Anyway, this message was a picture of a store shelf, the cereal aisle, with a new flavored cereal from Post, Twinkies breakfast cereal hostess twinkies breakfast cereal the delightful delectable delicious sponge cakey cream filled hostess twinkies now a breakfast cereal well i have tried a number of twinkie flavored and inspired products over the years and gone on many quests to find them some more successful than others i had to travel about 1500 miles round trip go all the way to ohio to find twinkie flavor ice cream a couple of years ago and i usually document these quests on my youtube channel youtube.com slash jerry williams media and this most recent quest is also documented there and it was a much quicker quest i tried one supermarket Publix, didn't have twinkie cereal then i went to walmart and there in the rows and rows of cereal Twinkies flavored breakfast cereal. So I bought a box and I took it home and I tried it. And this is the one product other than an actual Twinkie that tastes the most like a hostess Twinkie of any of these other products. A Twinkie ice cream, Twinkie coffee, Twinkie ketchup, whatever it is, it's Twinkies. I've tried it. This is the one that most closely replicates the taste of an actual Twinkies snack cake. Hope you'll take a couple of minutes and head over to the YouTube channel and take a look at the video documentation of my quest for Twinkies cereal. Again, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Jerry Williams Media. That'll wrap it up for another edition of Life with Jerry Williams. Thank you so much again for allowing me to be a part of your day today. Please do subscribe to the podcast. You can find it wherever fine podcasts are available, Apple and Google and Stitcher and Spotify and a whole lot more. Give it a five-star rating if your podcast platform allows that or review to help other people find it. Thank you so much and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes next week on the podcast. I'm going to take a look at lost and found, kind of the celestial lost and found department and some of the dangers not only of being lost, but of being found and how all of us have been through that lost and found department at one time or another. Some of us may actually still be stuck there. That's coming up next time on Life with Jerry Williams. 